This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Do you love music? Then you need to visit Shearer's Music Works. From aspiring guitarist to touring pianist, Shearer's caters to musicians of all chords. In store, you'll find an amazing range of instruments and print music, and if your instrument needs a tune-up, they have on-site repair and servicing. Shearer's Music Works on Anglesey Street, Hamilton. Your total music store. Proud sponsor of the Back Porch Bluegrass Show on Free FM. Folks, welcome to another edition of Back Porch Bluegrass. I'm your host, Paul Trenworth, and once again, I'm recording from my home studio, which is just a, a desk and a little mixer and my laptop, looking out the window of my house. We're in lockdown here in Hamilton, New Zealand, uh, not allowed to go out apart from essential trips to the grocer and uh, chemist shop or hospital if you're sick or something like that, and just stay at home and wear masks when you go out, all that sort of thing in our efforts to defeat COVID-19 and stop it spreading in uh, our neighbourhoods. So because of that, I get to do my bluegrass show from home. And uh, this time I've got one that's uh, maybe a little bit different for you. I belong to a country music club at Morrinsville. It's a great club. And every now and then we do a special concert uh, that's a little different from the regular monthly concert that we normally do. Several years ago, we did a special concert that was called Country Music Through the Decades or decades of country music or something like that. Anyway, in that concert, we, we picked out sort of essential songs from the various decades of country music, starting in the 1920s. And we we just picked songs, allocated them to people to sing and worked our way up to the present time. And everyone thought it was a very successful concert and we had a lot of fun doing it. So for today's show, I've sort of doing decades of bluegrass and I thought I'd start at the beginning and work my way through and try and pick songs that were influential for each decade of, of bluegrass music and I picked one at the start of the decade and, and one towards the end of the decade perhaps and as soon as I got into preparing it I realised I was in deep trouble because there were so many choices Ah, oh, could have gone all sorts of different directions especially as I got into the 1990s and the 2000s so this is very much a personal view of bluegrass music and uh, what it's all about. But 
That's what the show is. You're listening to Back Porch Bluegrass. It's Paul Trenworth, and this is my personal take on bluegrass music. And this show uh, is bluegrass music through the decades. And, of course, there's no better way to kick it off than Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys, what many consider to be classic bluegrass band. Bill Monroe, uh, tenor singer, mandolin, Lester Flat, lead vocals, guitar, Chubby Wise on fiddle, Earl Scruggs on the five-string banjo, Howard Watts on the string bass. And here they are with a 1947 recording, I'm Going Back to Old Kentucky. Isn't that great? I can't believe how fresh it sounds. 74 years after it was recorded, and uh, it sounds as uh, contemporary as, as anything else that might be played. Those guys did a wonderful job and really set the format for bluegrass music. And uh, I'm just amazed at just how good that sounds. <laughs> Moving on a year, I'm doing something a little different. 
a singer that we don't hear much about these days, uh, Jimmy Skinner, but he recorded a song that has become one of the classics of bluegrass music, and I'm going to play that for you. Here's Jimmy Skinner's uh, 1948 recording of Doing My Time. On a rock pile With a ball and chain They call me by number, not a name, Lord Gotta do my time Gotta do my time With an aching heart And a worried mind When that old judge Looked down and smiled he said, I'll put you on that good road for a while, Lord, Lord, gotta do my time, gotta do my time, with an aching heart and a worried mind. Swing it like John Henry all day long, Lord, Lord. Gotta do my time. Gotta do my time. With an aching heart and a worried mind. It won't be long, just a few more days. I'll settle down and quit my rowdy ways, Lord, Lord, with that gal of mine, with that gal of mine, he'll be waiting for me when I've done my time. Well, as you can hear, uh, Jimmy Skinner was never really a bluegrass musician. He sort of straddled the line between the country music of the day and, and tried to flavor his songs with things like a banjo and a mandolin. It's a particularly poor recording, really, but he had a wonderful voice. Most traditionalists of country music will really uh, think he's contributed immensely. He, he did songs like, Will You Be Satisfied That Way? Don't Give Your Heart to a Rambler. Doing the Time, the one that we just heard, and uh, his version of um, Dark Hollow is really the one that most bluegrasses uh, follow up on. So he did make a big contribution to bluegrass music. Well, there were a lot of bands that started copying Munro's sounds, and one of the bands was the Lonesome Pine Fiddlers, a band organised by Ezra Klein, who was a bass player, and usually had with him... Uh, uh, his brother, I think it was, Curly Ray Klein, who we later know as an integral member of Ralph Stanley's sound. But one of the earliest combinations of the band featured Bob Osborne playing guitar, very young Bobby Osborne playing guitar, and Larry Richardson doing vocals with Bobby and uh, playing banjo. Ray Morgan played the fiddle on this one, Lonesome Sad and Blue, from 1950. <laughs> 
some early bluegrass from uh, one of the first bands to really copy the bluegrass music sound of Bill Monroe and uh, Lester Flat Earl Scruggs and they did a great job. They'd written the song as well so they were really deeply into the bluegrass idiom. Another band that copied Monroe's sound and uh, copied some of his songs and in fact caused some level of dissension between them uh, was the Stanley Brothers and the Stanley Brothers oh, Anyone who's listened to the this show before will know that I'm a real fan of the Stanley Brothers. But I just loved the way they uh, played and sang and loved Carter Stanley's voice. So did Bill Monroe, and he actually uh, had Carter Stanley working for him for some times, and uh, they sounded great together, believe me. But I'm going to do one of the classic bluegrass recordings from 1958 of the Stanley Brothers, what a song that's uh, probably done by most bands, 
and including the Hamilton County Bluegrass Band, we often set off our programs with this song. It's a classic called How Mountain Girls Can Love. classic bluegrass didn't they <laughs> every everything about that song is just the way you learn to play bluegrass music and uh, that's why it's such a good song to kick off the concert it says this is what we're here for and this is what we do thank you very much to the standing brothers with them on that recording uh, they had bill napier playing mandolin ralph mayo on fiddle and albert elliott or towers of murphy on bass one of the classic lineups well, those late 1950s were real tough times for bluegrass bands and the Stanley Brothers never had it easy, uh, almost even when they were playing music like that. Uh, it was real tough times to make a living. But there was one band that was doing pretty well right through the 1950s and when we get into the 1960s, they were the bluegrass band and that's Lester Flat, Earl Scruggs and the Foggy Mountain Boys. They were prominent on the very first recording uh, I played uh, as part of this program and their influence on bluegrass music has been absolutely immense but it was about to be increased a hundredfold when they played the title track for a um, Californian based TV show called uh, Beverly Hillbillies and Paul Henning wrote the title song and he wanted Lester Flat and Earl Scruggs to, to play the music the ballad of Jed Clampard became the song which many of us, me included, were drawn into bluegrass music. I heard that way of playing banjo and I thought that's exactly what I want to do and I found out that that's been the story for so many people all around the world. Flatten Scruggs had 
by this time a really good repertoire of music, but they they broadened their outlook in the 1960s. They did some great concerts, Vanderbilt University at Carnegie Hall, and they appeared on the TV show now and then, and they really spread the word about bluegrass music. I'd hardly call the ballad a Jed Clampett as a piece of classic bluegrass music, but because it was so important to bluegrass music, I'm going to play it for you. Lester Flatt, Earl Scruggs and the Foggy Mountain Boys in the Ballad of Jed Clampett. Listen to my story about a man named Jed Poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed And then one day he was shooting at some food And up through the ground come a bubbling crude All that is black gold, Texas tea Thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. Ken folks said, Jed, move away from there. He said, California is the place you ought to be. So he loaded up the truck and they moved to Beverly Hills, that is, swimming pools, movie stars. Time to say goodbye to Jed and all his kin They would like to thank you folks for kindly dropping in You're all invited back again to this locality To have a heapin' helping off their hospitality Beverly Hillbillies, that's what they call them now Nice folks, y'all come back, yeah? Well, as you can hear, the song had uh, nothing much to do with bluegrass music at all. And uh, in fact, the Columbia record label that they worked on was doing their best to try and take flattened scruggs out of the classic bluegrass lineup and and repertoire and and trying to get them to catch on to the new folk world that was happening around them and um uh, Lester struggled with it and Earl sort of ran with it a little bit but that's a whole nother story but that song was just so important for for the popularity of bluegrass music I thought I just better include it Meanwhile, let's move out of Nashville and the sort of basis for uh, bluegrass music in the early days and uh, move up to Washington, D.C. There was some great music played around Washington, D.C., people from the Appalachians moving into town and around Baltimore and places like that. There was just a real core of bluegrass music and out of it all rose a band that had a profound influence on bluegrass music and pickers like me and that was a band called the Country Gentlemen 
and the classic band John Duffy on mandolin, Charlie Waller on guitar, Eddie Adcock on banjo, and usually Tom Gray on bass, but often Ed Ferris or um, Ed McLaughlin. They had a few different bass players, but they chose both from the classic bluegrass repertoire for their music, plus they chose songs from bands like the Kingston Trio. They had a keen ear for anything that would suit bluegrass music, and they put on an absolute performance. To many people, they changed the face of bluegrass music and how it is performed. None of the standing still and and, uh, not cracking a smile. They were crazy they clowned around they messed up songs they had funny songs like their version of cripple creek and big bad uh john um i forget what it was called uh they just did weird stuff at the country gentleman great here they are doing a classic song from uh 1967 it's one called the matterhorn Albert the Australian and John the Irishman, me and Bill from Britain, Matt Dalton the son. John and the rations fell below Al and Bill are lying beneath an avalanche of snow Now here I am all alone and I know I cannot stop Two more yards in front of me before I reach the top Surely night me if I could get back down But it's closer here to heaven Than it is back to the ground Great song by the country gentleman, Matter Horn. That was written by Mel Tillis, the country singer, too. You're listening to Back Porch Bluegrass, and I'm your host, Paul Trenworth. And we're doing bluegrass music through the decades, and I'm picking a couple of tracks from uh, each decade uh, just to illustrate the changes in bluegrass music and what was happening in bluegrass music at the time. And uh, we're just that song was from 1967, and next we're going to jump 
1972, but we're sticking in the Washington, D.C. area because not only did John Duffy have a huge influence in the Country Gentleman, but he had a huge influence in a band that was to become almost a, a whole step up in bluegrass music, and that was, of course, seldom seen. Astonishingly good performing band, great lead singing, dynamic performances, and and they just about rewrote the bluegrass repertoire. Yet when they played classic bluegrass, they put their own touch to it, but just nailed it. Here they are doing a song called Here They Are Doing a Song Called Raised by the Railroad Line from nineteen seventy two, seldom seen. Clickety sound of the southbound freight And the high-speed hum of the passenger train Becomes a part of the soul and the heart and the mind Of the boy who's raised by the railroad line The sound of the whistle at the cross in the road and the tanks and the trucks and the tractors on the flat car load becomes a part of a soul in the heart and the mind of the boy who's raised by the railroad line. And the big round penny that you lay on the rails and the wheels mashed flat. And the glimpse of the ladies and the pictures of the men in the engineer's hat. And the brakeman waves from the red caboose He's a part of the past and never quite turns loose He's a part of a soul and the heart and the mind Of the boy who's raised by the railroad Tractors on a flat car load Becomes a part of a soul And a part of a mind Of a boy that's raised By the railroad line And the big round penny that you lay On the rails and the wheels mash flat And the clips of the ladies And the pictures of the men In the engineer's hat And the brakeman waves From the red caboose He's a part of the past and never quite turns loose. He's a part of a soul and a heart and a mind of the boy who's raised by the railroad land. Of the boy who's raised by the railroad land. Oh, I remember when I first heard that song, Act One. 
was the vinyl album uh, that I got and I put that on that's the first track and I thought what is this I'd heard Ben Eldridge play before I think for an, as part of um, uh, Cliff Waldron's band and I'd heard John Duffy with the Country Gentleman Mike Aldridge had been part of Cliff Waldron's band uh, John Starling was new and Tom Gray of course was part of the Country Gentleman familiar musicians you could say and what a great sound and, and they dominated my listening through the 1970s as did another young man we'd been fortunate enough to see him play when we visited the USA with the Hamilton County Bluegrass Band 1971 and he just joined a band called the Bluegrass Alliance and Tony Rice along with a good mate of his Sam Bush were just stunning musicians and we were amazed and absolutely delighted to be able to see the beginnings of their careers in bluegrass music. Tony Rice of course died at the beginning of this year but he contributed so much to bluegrass music with his guitar playing and with his lead singing with the uh, recordings of uh, from the bluegrass album band which rewrote bluegrass traditional bluegrass for many many young men coming along and learning tony rice was brilliant here he is uh, from the manzanita album doing a song called ginseng sullivan <laughs> Speaking his worried mind It's a long way from the Delta To the North Georgia Hills And a toast sack for the ginseng Old paint old crown of And I'm too old to ride a rail Off on the road alone But I guess I'll never make it back to home My buddy wanted Mississippi Delta home Thank you. 
Delta through the North Georgia hills And a coat sack full of ginseng won't pay no travel bill Well, the guys playing on that uh, track, and in fact this whole album, dominated bluegrass music in the 1980s and 90s. Uh, Tony Rice, guitar lead vocals. Sam Bush uh, was doing mandolin on part of it. He played fiddle on that track. Todd Phillips on bass. Uh, Ricky Skaggs was playing mandolin uh, and doing tenor vocals on that track. And Jerry Douglas was playing the Dobro. Hi Bluegrass fans everywhere, I'm Barry Patterson from Cambridge in New Zealand and I'm listening to Paul Tremworth on the Back Porch Bluegrass. Thanks Barry. Big shout out to all the people that are listening to Back Porch Bluegrass on access radio stations in New Zealand, uh, right throughout New Zealand. This program is aired at different times of the day and night. Uh, access radio stations in Canada. Hello to all you people up in Canada. Bluegrass Planet Radio in the USA and all those people who are listening on podcasts. Thanks very much. I hope you're enjoying my take on bluegrass music. It's a very personal take. Um, I do my best not to be influenced. In fact, to be perfectly honest, I don't really follow what's happening in contemporary bluegrass music. I'm getting a bit old for that and there's too much of it going on and I can't keep up. So I just keep restocking my albums every now and then and and finding tracks to play on the various heaps of albums both vinyl and uh, cds that i've got and i hope you enjoy that we're going to hear from one of my vinyl collections a man that really changed my approach to music and I just loved his playing. I heard him in the early days, particularly with the Country Gentleman, followed his music there. But when Doyle Lawson set up his own band of Quicksilver uh, playing gospel music, that was really where my heart was. And I just about loved everything that he did. I've probably got a dozen vinyl albums and I've got dozens of uh, CDs of his. I really enjoy his music and if you have ever listened to my program before you will know that I'm strongly biased towards listening to Dora Lawson's music. He's a wonderful gentleman, very friendly and very approachable and I've met him a few times at uh, different festivals that I've been fortunate enough to attend and had a talk to him. He, he knows I follow his music from afar and I think he's tickled pink that someone down in New Zealand loves his music. Here is a track from 1981, the Rock My Soul album. On this, he's got himself playing mandolin, doing vocals, Terry Borkham on banjo and vocals, Lou Reed on bass and vocals, and Jimmy Haley on guitar and vocals. He went to his new format where he didn't sing lead very often. He usually had a high lead and he did a part underneath, a different structure. And he had special guest Bobby Hicks playing fiddle, whose fiddle playing I've always loved. And he just managed to put together a magic sound for gospel and bluegrass music. And we're going to hear the opening track, On the Sea of Life, Dora Lawson and Quicksilver. Oh 
Thanks, Doyle. That was absolutely magic. You're listening to Bluegrass Music Through the Decades, and that was a track from the early 1980s by Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver. It was a band that I just listened to so much. It was on the mid or late 1980s that I first heard the music of Claire Lynch, and I'm not quite sure how I first heard about it, but she was part of the Front Porch String Band, uh, along with her then-husband Larry Lynch, uh, Andy McGuinness on bass, and uh, Herb Trotman on banjo and guitar, and the singing of Claire Lynch was an absolute revelation. Loved her music, loved her approach of phrasing, how she did things, and uh, I subsequently got to see her play at uh, different festivals, particularly the Grass Valley Festival in um, California, and in fact I even got to play some music with her. That was really good fun, and, and really one of my definitely bucket list items from the album lines and traces i'm going to play you a song that really shows just how much claire lynch can add to a song the song i found you Shown its light only for me I set out to find it no matter how far Out there in the dark it might be I had my ideas of what heaven was like It just shows how wrong you can be I found you, everything's new With each little song that my heart wants to sing 
everything's new With each little song that my heart wants to sing I'll sing them for you It's the least I can do You're more than a friend You're my everything You're more than a friend You're my everything Well, that was the start of a collection of a dozen or so Claire Lynch albums, and uh, I still love the way that she treats a song. I found you, Claire Lynch, and the Front Porch String Band. Well, we're getting into the 1990s now, and by about this period, this program became a nightmare to put together because I just couldn't decide who to play. So many great bands so many good albums came out in the 90s and the 2000s and in fact bluegrass music is expanding hugely and uh i certainly haven't got a chance of keeping up with it but there were some bands that i was particularly attracted to and there's one band i'd like to play for you from an album put out in 1995 the album is called it's a long long road the band is blue highway and to me, they captured so much of what I liked about bluegrass music. It was traditional in approach. It was innovative with the way they arranged songs. Their songwriting is superb. Um, Jack Tottle, Wayne Taylor, Tim Stafford, they all wrote great songs. As well as that, they still did songs from uh, the Stanley Brothers and Norman Blake and uh, people like that. They even pulled in English folk songs from Ewan McColl and people like that. But whatever they did, they just made it sound like bluegrass. That's why I particularly liked Blue Highway. And we're going to hear a song from that called The One I Left Behind. Can we talk about Virginia? Talk about the Blue Ridge and the old Lonesome Pine. Tell me about the Shenandoah Valley. And don't forget my true love, the one I left behind. I used to make a decent living. Thank you. 
That was Blue Highway, Sean Lane on mandolin and uh, fiddle, Wayne Taylor, bass and lead vocals on some songs, and Tim Stafford, guitar and lead vocals on some songs. They all do harmony vocals. Rob Ikes on Dobro, and Jason Burleson on banjo, and occasionally mandolin as well. Very talented band, great vocals and great songwriters, and yet captured the essence of traditional bluegrass, which I really loved about him. Well, I had the privilege of seeing Ricky Skaggs when he was 16 years old, playing with uh, Ralph Stanley and the Clinch Mountain Boys. Keith Whitley was there, and we watched these two 16-year-olds play and were just amazed. And we didn't know then that they were going to be giants of bluegrass music for the next 50 years they were. We followed their career and I'm delighted to say that I saw Ricky Skaggs play both with his country band and his bluegrass band. He came to New Zealand. He uh, put on some concerts which is where he really started playing bluegrass music again and uh, I was just absolutely thrilled to to see him play and the band of course was immaculate and did some great music. Sean Lane from Blue Highway uh, was part of that band that Ricky Skaggs brought to New Zealand and Ricky has never shied away from including country music in his repertoire but he also made a real point of featuring the music of Bill Monroe and and the Stanley Brothers in in his repertoire and I think partly to give credit where credit is due and also to give a few royalties where a few royalties were due as well and uh, Ricky has really been a, a stalwart for the originators of bluegrass music and from the Bluegrass Rules CD, Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder. I'm going to play you a Carter Stanley song called Think of What You've Done. Here's Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder.
I've always been delighted when a contemporary band pays tribute to the originators of the music and hearing Ricky Skaggs and his band doing that song just does my heart good, I tell you. He had Mark Fain playing bass, Brian Sutton on lead guitar, Paul Brewster on rhythm guitar and the tenor vocals, Dennis Parker on rhythm guitar and the baritone vocals, Bobby Hicks on fiddle, Mark Pruitt on banjo and Ricky played mandolin and did the lead vocal. What a fine job he did. Well, we're just about coming to the end of uh, Bluegrass Through the Decades and the show wouldn't be complete without uh, something from the lady who has contributed so much to Bluegrass music and given it a far wider appeal than you might possibly imagine and that's Alison Krauss of course and from her early days as a fiddle player who could sing she turned into be uh, a wonderful vocalist who could play fiddle uh, magically and she always had a great band Union Station and uh, I'd like to play a track that I've always loved to sing everything she does is just great but this is a really bluegrassy song called Sawing on the Strings and the version I've got is from the album A Hundred Miles or More it's got Larry Atamanuik on drums, uh, Barry Bales on acoustic bass, Ron Block on guitar, uh, Sam Bush doing mandolin harmony vocal, Jerry Douglas on Dobro, Stuart Duncan playing fiddle, and uh, Alison Krauss fiddle and lead vocal, Tony Rice on guitar, and mandolin and harmony vocal, Dan Tominsky. Great song. She really took bluegrass new places in the uh, 90s and the 2000s. I hope you enjoy the show. It's been great fun doing it. Tune in again next week. Bye. Sawing on the strings. Say
episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.